Hello, uh, this is uh, the, th the third episode of uh, iBookbindings podcast. Uh, today our guest is Eliana Gomez, uh, Brazilian-Dutch uh, bookbinder and uh, uh, book restorer uh, from, from Harlem, uh, North, uh, North Holland. And uh, we will talk about uh, Eliana's projects, Eliana's uh, uh, path to bookbinding, and uh, we will answer some questions today. Uh, but first, I'd like to make uh, uh, some announcements. Uh, first thing first, uh, many thanks uh, to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, these days, uh, uh, you can join the crowd on Patreon, but we are not charging any monthly fees because uh, we decided to share our collection for free with everybody. So you can go there and uh, check out uh, dozens of uh, books about uh, bookbinding uh, and other book-related arts and crafts. I also need to make a sort of correction to the previous video with uh, Todd Davis uh, when when we chose the uh, winner of the uh, giveaway. Todd told that uh, he wants to give the tool to a person who just uh, starts their path of bookbinding. And but then I checked uh, the discussion, the uh, the talks with both persons who sent questions, and it appears that both of these uh, people were. Uh, only beginners, uh, so I decided to correct this and uh, offer both of them a sewing frame. This episode giveaway is uh, corner clamps, magnetic corner, corner clamps. Uh, uh, we wanted to discuss them with Eliana anyway. The person who asks the best question this time will get a set of uh, magnetic clamps. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> so, so, Eliana, hi. Hello. Good thanks, morning. Thanks a lot for for being here. Good morning. Tell us first, what was your path to bookbinding? How 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 did you decide to to become a bookbinder, a book restorer? Because yeah, it is my my background is totally different. I come from business administration, hotel management, psychology, project management. Yeah. So bookbinding, you know, I, but I always liked to work with my hands, especially as a hobby. In 2007, I noticed that there was a course uh, given not far away from my home in Harlem, teaching people how to do books. And for me, it was a great uh, uh, way to get out of the computer, because I was always behind the computer. It gets very tiring. I was missing creating something with my hands, so I decided to, to, to start the, group, the, the course. Yeah. Which is addictive. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the bug, you know, if the bug gets you, yeah. you know, it's very addictive. Yeah. And I started getting more curious about uh, different techniques, different things to do it, you know, what you can do it. And at a certain point, I took over the living room of our house, and my husband was like, that is not okay. <laughs> but I didn't have much equipment, which was a little bit knick-knack, you know, thing. But yeah. then it's like, okay, get better equipment, you know, but you need space, uh, you know, and she didn't. At a certain point in my previous career, you know, it's starting to give me more headaches, you know, than yeah. the pleasure. Yeah. And I end up with a very big burnout. Yeah. That burnout, uh, I decided that it was time for me to completely change my path. So I took it on a professional bookbinders course. Uh, that time it was in the graphic uh, atelier in Utrecht, in the Netherlands. Yeah. It was in Dutch, so it was no English. So at that time, I was, luckily, I was already mastering the language. Okay, not mastering, but I can yeah. handle quite well. Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot go. I cannot go for for a Dutch course right now. 
<laughs> even even while I I I I, I studied Dutch language, I <laughs> that's definitely not enough to to study in Dutch. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, you know like I just was thinking, okay, let's go. I find that uh, you know it was challenging, but I had a great teacher that had that understood you know the language barrier that although I was not fluent I could understand well and I had the patience because I was like going through a burnout and changed my career during that period so I got like really good really 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 good teachers uh, they offered at that time uh, a kind of a specialization course that this still happens nowadays uh, that it would go to restoration work mm -hmm. I love, you know, uh, I have been like my previous career, I was a troubleshooter, <laughs> you know, and I love, and just, it's another bug. Yeah. So I decided that to use the skills I had, you know, from business and from business life and adapt, you know, to what I think as my new career. Yeah. Uh, one of the paths that I would get to conservation, that I, there is a difference between rest, repair, restoration and conservation. They're the levels where you're gonna act. Uh, going to conservation would uh, path would take me to go back to university, you know. So that was for me. It was like a, um, I, I don't want to go that path. You, you dedicate much time, and you would I would not have my, any time left to chew on my bread. Yeah. You know. So, so that one, it was not thing. Staying with just repairs. That what a bookbinder would do it. And I didn't find that feasible. So I decided to take the middle path. Yeah. But this middle path as a restorer, that means that you're going to use the knowledge of a bookbinder and you get parts of the knowledge of the conservator, you know, and you would apply. So, and yeah. you have very strict guidelines. Yeah, many, many, th many same principles apply as, as with the yeah. conservation. Yeah, and so when you, do, when you become a restorer, you have to commit to the standards of the conservators. So that's the European uh, Code of Ethics, you know, for conservation and restoration. Yeah. Uh, restorers are not a recognized profession. Not even conservators are considered like, a, is that like a recognized profession? Because it's a very young profession. The, this whole path started in 1966 with the flood of uh, uh, Florence in Italy. Yeah. From that where people came all over the world to try to save, you know, the uh, book heritage and, and um, paintings and everything that was under the flood. They started, you know, the, this profession to develop. So that's a very young profession, you know, so there is much to go on that, that thing. To people nowadays that I say, uh, you need you can't stop studying. Believe me, the things that I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's one course after the other. Things that I started, uh, that I that I saw it five years ago. Yeah. Uh, they already have a different point of view nowadays. Yeah. It is going extremely fast. Yeah. You know, that chemicals you know, chemicals change, approaches change, everything changes all yeah. the time. You know, but like uh, there is a huge issue nowadays with the leather dyes, you know, that they have too much metal, they are not environmentally friendly. Uh, so people look into all sorts of other solutions to, to, for those kind of issues. Yeah. Blues, equipment, uh, you know, they look from across all sorts of industry, from medical, dental, shoemakers, you name it. Yeah. So the, all sorts of techniques are coming up and they are getting more refined. 
so if you learn it how to do some uh, restoration you not set that you have to keep on studying you have to keep on going to workshops you have to keep on doing master classes and I always suggest please have some uh, how say kind of a buddy you know just someone that is at a higher level than you to be your kind of a guide yeah we do not know everything I have sometimes I ask someone with more experience yeah and if I have a job that I think that's too much for me, that's beyond my my skill. Yeah. I I have no problem in sense to someone else. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 very important to to not be in a vacuum. No, and to know your limits is very very important. You know, I know that certain things I can do it very well, and some other things I would rather have a colleague with more experience to do it. Yeah. You know, and I do not hide that from my client. I tell my client, I can do this, I cannot do that. That one I have to forward to someone else. I think that's a responsibility. It is very important to have uh, in, in this area. Yeah. Because it's not only a rare book. Sometimes it is a very, there is a sentimental value in the book. Yeah, you know? yeah that, that's, that's partly what we touched with uh, Todd last week because he told that uh, he always, as, as he considers his, himself uh, uh, book repairman. He always asks uh, clients if they. Uh, firstly, he doesn't want to work with books that have uh, high uh, monetary value, but then he always asks them if the uh, emotional value related to this book, to this object, is also pretty high. And uh, if that's the case, he prefers not to work on this project because it's too 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 much of responsibility, and uh, he prefers to put it away and to give it to some other uh, colleagues who are more more comfortable with uh, with such pressure or something. Yeah, it, I, it's like, it, it comes to me, I love these projects, you know, it comes with a huge responsibility because one of the things that has to be really emphasized, repairing a book is not a restoration work. Rebinding a book is no restoration work. Yeah. A restoration is trying to get part of the, the function of the book back because of a damage, because of an issue that the book's having. Yeah. You know, you're not making it look pretty. You know, it's just like uh, sometimes I say, I had one of my exam pieces. It was a book that was a small linen cover. Uh, I'll show you a little picture. Yeah. Okay, and this is the book restored. You see, I'm not making it look pretty. Yeah. This is the restored part of the linen. Yeah. You now I'm blending in, but the book nowadays it was out every. It's everything in one piece, so I can I can use the book again. It's safe, but I'm not making it pretty. So I'm not trying to copy how it was before. Okay, some people they like like that, but that's not the idea behind restoration. Yeah. Other thing, restoration, you know, you try to use basically all reversible matters. That means reversible glues. No serious restorer would ever use PVA <laughs> in a book <laughs> to restore a book. Don't use it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, there is an infinity of other glues, but you don't use PVA. And, you know, you don't change the style. You know of the book unless it is like the cover is completely gone and there's for some reason that a new cover is needed yeah that, yeah but and it's even even in that situation if you have idea if you have an idea what the what the previous cover was like uh, you will probably try to recreate it or 
at least uh, stylize the new cover to be yeah, a, a light. Yeah, to get something that will get a kind of, uh, it will not look shiny new. You yeah. know, cut it away, it almost look plastic. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, no, you try to, to bring it to that level, to that matching. I see some uh, book restores that they can do wonders, you know, with color that you almost don't see where was the mistake, where was the damage. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. There's a French and a bookbinder restorer that I always say every time that I see one of his posts, you know, like a billion, I say, oh, it's magic. It's magic. It's magic. So beautiful. Yeah. But that is, that is, so that is this responsibility. But that's not the idea, I, you know, for, for restoring. So, yeah. So nowadays I combine all my skills. Perfect. So you found your way into this yeah. new profession. And... But it's hard. Oh, yeah. years and years for you to get yeah. to know. <laughs> so so for, for, for how long have you been already working uh, as a booker store? I'm now six years, you know, with six my years. own practice. Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, now I have more like my, my fixed clients, returning clients. Most of them, they are like from the private private collectors. Mostly have, uh, mostly European or most mostly Dutch or how, how it works? If, yeah, if you can mostly think. Dutch here yeah. from, the, from, from the city, from the cities around Harlem. Yeah. One of my clients is also like the Mennonite church. They have a very big library and archive yeah. and they have all these small organizations. So I work restoring with restoration with them preparing books for to be digitized yeah. as well because a lot of uh, like digitization of the archives especially when they have all the ink corrosion, you know, in their old books. Yeah. So you need to kind of uh, stabilize a little bit, you know, so they can digitize safely, Okay. you know, that part. I but see. sometimes uh, I have some book binding assignments or book binding bit related assignments. Yeah. 90% of my work is restoration and a little 10% is book binding. Yeah, to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes it comes in the form of like making protective boxes. Yeah. And that's why I like those clamps very much because it makes my life much faster. Yeah. Because I don't do like the production thing, so it's nice that I can mount something and put the side let settle with the with the corners. And uh, and I have the the ones with the little screw and I have the magnetic ones that are very strong. Yeah. You know, I love it because they're so strong and I can use those magnets for other things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when I have checks, then I have parchment yeah. and I have sometimes to to clean it, but I have to put them very straight or sometimes they are deformed and I have to reform them. I need the pressure of yeah. those magnets. They're really yeah. cool yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. they're very strong so I can use them as well. I, like they, they are multitasking. <laughs> yeah. They are not making just for one reason. Yeah. So it's. So, it's, so that's I use yeah. tools, tools. So you find solution for tools all the time. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Yeah. Not one project is the same. It's the same, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, it, it really seems that everything should be quite different and the, all the old, every, every new project should be different from uh, everything else. Unlike many bookbinding projects, when you have, I don't know, when you have an addition to work with the. Uh, uh, 20 or 100 books that are all the same and all the same covers, all the same uh, boxes, or for example, you need to stylize uh, uh, some old books and make make for all of them the same as the same boxes. And uh, it's it's pretty much different with the restoration because it's a piece by piece work. And uh, but 
still there should be some routine because there is i guess there is no work without routine <laughs> no, that is the, one of the first routines is preparing the glue <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. you know for example wheat paste you know we have we work a lot with wheat paste and i particularly like working a lot of with mc methylcellulose find much faster uh, you have to have your mise en place you have to have to things every day wheat paste is something that goes wrong in a very short time okay so you're starting seeing that when you start getting that, that watery thing like, like yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Good. yeah 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 so that's it that is one of the routines the other thing that's important is when you have a certain batch of a different projects is to look at ever as to have a small how say assessment reports you know so to have an idea about what has to be done then you look as a, a what you have and if you think, okay, uh, today I'm going to work, for example, on washing papers and drawing the papers, or I'm going to do this part, or if I have too much, like if I have to pair leather, you know, to do some leather restoration, that yeah. day I'm going to dedicate in preparing all leather or coloring all leather, you know, sometimes coloring paper as well. So yeah. you kind of, you start the week, you have to have an idea about all the different tasks that all the mise en place, all the basics, you're gonna get ready, you know, and then you're gonna progress. Yeah. My suggestions always have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go headless chicken tagging this one, that one, that no, it it end up really bad. Yeah. And have enough breaks during the day because uh, restoration it takes a lot of concentration. One second that you don't look at something properly, you do boo boo. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it is important to sometimes to let it rest, don't speed up the things, go for a walk, get a coffee, a cup of tea, you know, look around and then come back. I feel it even more during the uh, the lockdown during the quarantine because uh, I I tend to work much more these days because I I, I lost all my standard routines. And uh, so I can I can wake up in the morning, take, have my breakfast, and then I work until I don't know until midnight. And of course, when you do this, uh, it, do, do it this way, uh, you 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 tire more and you lose concentration. Yeah. It's and it's uh, a lot of more space for error. Of course, my errors are not not as bad as errors that uh, a book restorer or conservator can make. Because well, if, if you work it careful, you know, mistake will not be you you do mistakes. Yeah. Believe me, I do mistakes sometimes, but you have to be aware to make mistakes that you can fix. Yeah. But fixing a mistake costs you money. Yeah, and time. And time. Yeah. 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 Time is money, yeah. so breaks are important, <laughs> so you don't have to redo boo-boots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's a lot of people, they're a bit uncomfortable to talk about the financials behind working in this area. Yeah. A lot of people, they do not learn. I have colleagues that sometimes we have talks about, uh, you know, how do I charge? How do I present a code? Uh, how do I uh, make an inventory about what I have to do with it? What are the options? I have got one advice from one of my teachers, you know, Hans Peterson. And he said, keep a spreadsheet. Yeah. Keep track of how much time do you get, you need to do this, this, this and that. Of course, your speed will increase with your experience. Yeah. But if you note that, you, you like, uh, let's say you go have a project, uh, I just 
picking a number, you're charging mm, 50 euros yeah. for the project and you're going to be doing this and that. Yeah. You started doing the project, if you don't have an idea how much, you end up giving a project back to the client that costs 150. Yeah. But you're being paid just a 50. It's not fair. Yeah. To yourself. Absolutely. You know, first of all, that's the balance that you have to find as well because you're a restore and a business person. That's 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 a really valid point, and that's uh, that was one of the reasons I stopped uh, really doing bookbinding and uh, uh, book repairs for for money because uh, I never was good on uh, on estimating how much money should I uh, get from this or that per person for the project they want me to do, and uh, it's it it led to frustration because I felt that I spend uh, more time and uh, more of my I don't know work on on projects that I that that I'm underpaid for. And I liked I liked the projects, but I didn't like that I got uh, not enough money. And then uh, there are other things like this uh, usual imposter syndrome when you feel that uh, you shouldn't charge more than uh, uh, some I don't know some uh, fair price or something, even if you feel that uh, your your services uh, are worth more than you are charging. So this is whole whole uh, mess of problems that I felt and issues that I that I worked through and never really worked through and, and decided just to stop that process. But in the end, uh, I have all the same routine for for my uh, tools because yes. I know how much time I spend. For example, when I'm mm -hmm. making uh, paper molds with uh, watermarks or something, I know how much time I will spend on adding a watermark to a paper mold, and I charge on hourly base. I know well how much money will take to change to make some changes in some design, so I charge hourly for that as well. And here it it feels some somehow much more comfortable than with, with books for me. So yeah, I'm glad that I found this. It's the same thing. It's the same concept. It's the same, but somehow it didn't work for me with books. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I was younger and and you know not enough experienced, and now I have more experience. But, but... I don't think that. I don't think that is uh, has to do with age. I know people that around my age, you know, that they still have the same issue. It's about being taught. Like uh, as I said, I come from business background. You yeah. know, especially very much focus on project management. You know, so that I take that one nowadays. Yeah. In the beginning, like when I was doing this, despite the fact that I know that you had to take overhead in consideration, administration costs, uh, um, you know, your costs in general, you have to get a lot of things to get your price, your, to, like to, to reach your hourly price, then yeah. you have to understand how the production of what your services, how fast they are, how much you take to do the things. and. And in infrastructure, there are all different little kind of things that are interconnected. It takes time. Yeah. You yeah. know, this year, I am a little bit better with all my quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now yeah. six years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing just like a restoration yeah. uh, uh, in my course. In the beginning, I was, I was noticing that I was underpaid because I didn't know how, I didn't have enough data to make my calculations. That's it's true. A collection of data. Yeah. You know, and sincerely you know if someone here comes with a big project to me and wants to pay this i say no <laughs> yeah absolutely i don't like people doing bargaining with my price as well yeah. <laughs> if they want to do bargaining price believe me yeah. you know people in bazaar in istanbul they got a really bad time with me because i'm very good at bargaining <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I, I guess the other thing that uh, that changed for me was that uh, when I moved to making tools, even even while we were still uh, living in Moscow, uh, and I was still doing doing some uh, bookbinding projects, when I moved to uh, doing tools, I started with a spreadsheet and I started recording how much time, materials, and other stuff I used, for example, for make a sewing frame or a press. Yeah. And that was a completely different approach because I was doing bookbinding for uh, 10 years before I started making tools for sale. And I had I had my routines with my bookbinding projects, and they didn't include uh, spreadsheets or something. But when oh. I when I moved to when I moved to making tools, I started with spreadsheets, and now I have I have tables for every every smallest uh, bit of uh, uh, equipment I produce. I have a spreadsheet with all the materials, time spent on printing yeah. or or making or post-processing or additional works, uh, shipping, uh, additional materials, uh, taxes, uh, uh, additional fees, I don't know, like rent, electricity, like everything is included there. Yeah, you and that. Yeah. So, so I had, I had this uh, different approach right, right from the start and maybe this is what uh, makes me so much more comfortable with the tool making projects. Uh, but now I have so much, so much time spend, spending on, on tool making that I don't really have a, a, an opportunity to, to return to book painting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same concept, you yeah. know, like yeah. the advice from my teacher was so good, you know, and matched my background. And believe me, you know, I have like, I've been applied, just apply, just even if you're doing just as a hobby. Yeah. And if you just wanted to know, about a little bit more details about how is your work process in it you just do it yeah. no to get you can also make yourself a nice little book it doesn't have to be a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah. you know not book <laughs> where you all your time yeah <laughs> you know, it, it's just it's just it's really important you know to keep a record yeah yeah that's true and yeah, uh, keeping records, it's really important in, in, in so many ways, not only just digits in, in the table, but also photos and uh, notes and all that stuff. And yeah. that's that's what uh, I, I uh, was making since my first bookbinding project, because I think it's, it started even, even earlier, because I always was uh, into photography since uh, uh, film cameras and all that stuff. And... Uh, 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 my grandfather gave me my first camera when I was, uh, I don't know, not not ten, younger than ten, and I I, I loved it. So I, I I photographed my projects since since my childhood. I think you know this guy Adam Savage from uh, he was from Myth Mythbusters uh, on Discovery Channel. I uh, think I remember. They yeah they they took all the different myths or myth on or misconceptions oh, yeah. and then. And broke them apart. <laughs> so he yeah. he now has he he now has an, a YouTube channel of his own project. And uh, he, recently he told that uh, since his childhood he photographed all his projects. And it's 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 very important because when you return to these projects, you can see what what mistakes you made, what yeah. what ideas were in in the base of these projects, and you can be inspired for for more projects for new ones. And it really helps to me, helps me because I can see my first books. And I can share them with uh, with yeah. other people. I see all the mistakes I made. I can I can speak about these mistakes, and uh, it's it's fun. It's interesting, and it's it's. I hope it's inspiring for some. <laughs> I I think that it's just, uh, I I keep records of everything. I have notebooks that I note ideas, mistakes, uh, whatever. I have a you know a, a zillion of those books every time that I'm working on idea. 
in a restoration project, what you do as well, you make reports yep. over the, the process. In these reports, normally will include before and after yep. photographs. Yep. And the photographs also help you because of sometimes you're doing something and you just want to check, uh, wait a second, where, where I am here now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just where I should be going now. So it's a kind of, uh, in, you know, it's also like that, that visual aspect, like, okay, I'm this part of the process, you know, and the before and after. When you write a report, it's actually the reporter, it's basically write a report for another colleague. <laughs> so yeah. normally the client can't read the report very well. Yeah. <laughs> That's very technical. But yeah. you hand it over, but the first Keeping a photograph uh, and now track of uh, your projects, book by no restoration, is a very nice way for you to get a reassurance about how you're progressing, first of all, you know, and, and uh, which parts are still a little bit falling behind. In everything, okay, I still have to work on that. Not in a way of comparing yourself with other people, because I think that everyone has yeah. uh, their own growth path. Yeah. But some self-control helps. Exactly. So you kind of uh, look, for example, I've learned uh, tooling. I'm not that good, but I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> if I have something that is more simple to do it, I can do it myself. But if I will have a complex tooling project, I'll send to my teacher. Yeah. You know, and that's why I find that it is always important, uh, the network, network with people, network uh, with you, other persons that can do you can't be perfect and good in everything. Yeah. We don't have a lifetime for that. <laughs> you <know>? So <laughs> we ask other people to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or exactly. sometimes you don't have space. For example, in my atelier, I don't have space to put a title machine, to put the pregnant or the other ones. If I have something that needs a title, you know, I give or to Benjamin yeah. or to take or some other colleagues, you know, I, I know who has a machine and who does it really well and I'll outsource. Yeah. If I have a, a lot of boxes to make, I have no space for that. Yeah. I can do maybe up to five boxes, more than that, it goes to another colleague. I might manage the client. You know, but the task itself is outsourced. Yeah. Making a life much simpler because there are so many tools. <laughs> Mama, me, there are so yeah. many tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess I'll ask you to show around your, your studio just a bit, if, if that's possible. Yes, it is small, so bear with me because I'm going to be moving a little bit to the camera. I have a very small atelier, you know, it's about like a four by three. Yeah. Uh, so I have to be very compact in the way. So what you see there is my uh, main working place. I have some presses, you know, and I'm going to go there. Uh, going to this side, you could see in the back of the other video, I have uh, like kind of a cupboard. Yeah. And I have a lot of uh, little projects and equipment there. And I have my Addition, additional board. storage space. Yes, always. You have to find my yeah. cutting board. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it serves as well as a storage unit, as you can see under. Yeah, I, I was impressed how you fit it in there uh, uh, the first oh, time I saw it. <laughs> it's 20 years of Holland, you know? No? Yeah. <laughs> you learn how to live in small houses. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I have a little bit, bit of like a bookshelf with books that are kind of like examples. And you know, sometimes I have to explain something to a client. 
and some uh, basic literature, but this is not all my books. This is just part of my books. And then uh, the, the, I'm stepping down my little IKEA <laughs> stuff. Uh, I fitted the, the, the place with the skylight to bring more light into the, onto, onto the atelier. That's yeah. nice because you have a little bit of a natural light. Uh, this part here would be my chemicals cabinets. Yeah. You see that we have quite a lot of uh, products that uh, we use. Almost like a large medical cabinet. <laughs> yes, it looks like a little bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Over the sink and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We will try not so the sinking and then uh, here we go. I have. Uh, Every drawer that is something inside, from brushes, tools that normally they are more for book binding. The part, yeah, have paint, acrylics, uh, you know, oil, uh, watercolor. This is also special watercolor. Then here we go. You see, this is a non-stop. Pencils, watercolor pencils. We use a lot for repairs, to yeah. for to touch up. Retouching, yeah. Yeah, and then here under, you know, it's just, uh, you know, yeah, I, I label everything. People will think because I have a, a minor dyslexia, so I need to label. If yeah. I don't label, I get lost. So everything, including, you know what? Aha. <laughs> Some colorful stuff. Yeah. Yes, I like it. <laughs> and then when we come to the top, so you see it's everything, every single place I can I am stocking up with with material. But it has to have some kind of organization, otherwise I get a little bit lost. Yeah. Uh, it's a great it's a great example of how uh, uh, quite a small space can be uh, uh, really functional and uh, yeah. and include a lot of stuff yes you know and here under you know for example what I find it easy it is is in wheels on wheels why yeah. because cleaning you need to keep the place very clean yeah you know when I'm working normally I open this drawer because then I would be sitting in this area. Yeah. And here behind, I create another drawer where I have some material that I need for restoration. Yeah. Like a butter print, you know, holy tax, uh, all sort of uh, Japanese papers with the different colors and shades and also different grams uh, to it. Yeah. And so it is because it is small. I work around, you know, uh, it's just like a, a trying to to make it it look as easy as possible for me to reach, yeah. you know, without having to go to the other side of the the place. To stand up and to, to move around the, the studio, yeah. yeah. One of my, my newest, uh, like one of my favorite tools is this press. Yeah. <laughs> this is a finishing press by Hert van Dau. The Dutch bookbinder, uh, he was my teacher in, in tooling, but he also developed tools, and I love this. When I have to do backings, yeah. you know, or even to do sometimes some finishing work, you know, it is absolutely beautiful. And it opens and closes, 
It is not a, a beginner's tool. It took me about six years to be able to buy one of those, but I'm so happy <laughs> with that. And then I would have, of course, the loop because to help you, I will have an airbrush machine. Yeah. And that we will talk about a bit later. And process board. That's for, That's why sometimes I think. You know, I use a board for, because I'm a visual person, so sometimes I make drawings about what I, I'm trying to do it and make notes for myself not to forget. Yeah. Uh, I have also humidity control. Okay. I have a disinfecting machine, you know, because my tools, uh, when I finish a project, I'm going to sterilize them. I want them absolutely clean. Yeah. And that is my garden view. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> yeah, the best fella. Uh, we built up, uh, uh, was building this uh, this place with my husband, you know, and we built, built in the back of the house. One important thing people forget often, you need a fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is something very important that you have. And then also you notice that many places here I have curtains for yep. the light. Yeah. It's because a UV light also damages in you know, uh, uh, so like a covers and everything. Yep. So you need to have that one in place. Yeah. And uh, here's some a project that I'm about to continue work. I think that you can see a bit. Yeah. This is a book from 15. 52 and you see the doodles is it yes yeah, some doodles, doodles. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can see a photo later because uh, yeah. yeah oh it's under like the doodles and you see that yeah. started here with a lot of issues damage people damaging and cutting away oh yeah yeah letters. i you hate see? this yeah so someone wanted to just you see like look at the damage and they went with the scalpel oh yeah there is a lot of a dissimilar damage here, so it will be like I'm going to be, uh, yeah, replacing here with a, a blank, you know, yeah. because the letter was uh, stolen. Yeah. yeah. And this was used to be a parchment, so the, this parchment is so badly damaged, and you see the, the wood here is also damaged. Yeah. You know, the end bands are gone. Is it, is it mites or just... Sorry? Is it is it mites mites damage or uh, yeah, insects or woodworms? Yeah, woodworms yeah. Uh, mites. You know, so like a, it, it, the, here there was my my assessment report. You know, it's quite comprehensive. I write a lot of things. I note a lot of. Uh, oh, I glued. Alright, I'll send a picture. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, so it is like my damage report. It is here because uh, because I wanted to show you guys, but this is one of my next projects. Okay. The other project that I'm working on is uh, like this is the last gathering that I'm gonna be repairing. If someone saw my latest uh, posts on Instagram, they will see that's part of this project. This is a company archive, you know, a company that was actually bombed during the Second World War. Uh, and went to the ground and they still had something so it's very funny because I'm going over you know some 1940 1941 you know it's a kind of um, scrapbook 
from a company, yeah. whatever was left over. Yeah. But it was in a different format and the client wanted a book. Yeah. So I have to restore all this so that means filling up all these little gaps. Yeah. You know, and it's all the punch holes, yeah. Holes, yeah. yeah, and it's very long, so to punch the holes, and that's why I have that beauty there. Some people might recognize from posts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise it would be very difficult for me to punch the holes nicely. And this is how big the book is. So it, it will be a single book or, or several volumes? Yeah, okay. The client, I wanted to, to sell separate books because it would be much easier, you know, but the client wants and wants and wants one book. Okay. You know? So, but this is one, book number one. I have five to do it. You know? So, here's the rest of the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over there. Hmm? Okay. That's impressive. No, yeah. <laughs> so this, this, yeah, like the the, the binding is gonna be simple, sturdy, the simple binding, but the person wants everything in one big book. So five big books. So this is, and that is when it came the idea. I need a punching cradle so I can punch it properly. Yeah, a long and one. I'm getting my husband to do it a little bit bigger frame with sewing frame because I don't have a big sewing frame for this sort of a format. And yeah. so we're going to be using your ideas. Yeah. I already put him to watch the video. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's handier than me for that. Yeah. yeah. So this is a bit. So here, more projects. You know, this one. This is a cash book. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is. I like the format. Yeah, very oblong format, very odd format, and it is kind of a see a loose yeah okay so this is you know I'm gonna try to reconnect these parts here so the it threads? is proper yeah yeah because you see it is a link binding yeah you know so I'm gonna try to uh, reconnect it to reconstruct uh, you know the, the original structure and if it's not possible then I get something because this book is gonna be digitized it's it, it's I quite quite a big book for for limb binding yeah, but I oh I have a bigger one. <laughs> okay. Here, you know, it's as big as the project from that that I have from the bigger book. Okay. Is this one here? Yeah. So basically, here's I have more projects to go through. You know, here's I have a book binding, uh, a project that actually is a present for a friend that she. She works in the administration of a hospital in the UK. Her name is Sangeeta Katuria. She's a, 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 also a writer. And this would be, you know, because we studied together, this would be my present for her. I'm binding her first book, as yeah. a kind of an author's binding. Um, and of course, I like some decoration as well. That is in particular for a very good friend of mine that died last year, Yona Cohen. Yeah. That was in many times my, how say my, my my guide in many aspects of uh, setting up, working, and when I get into trouble, questions. <laughs> that that's a beautiful etching. 
Yeah, it is. Someone did it for her, and I really like it, and I I keep it here. You know, as a, like I also keeping her along here with me. Yeah. Before leaving, she left me a very nice collection of uh, papers, you know, um, especially decorated marble papers. And one day I will show you that whole collection. So what else can I show you here? You see, it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the most important part because many people are uh, concerned that they don't have uh, space for for bookbinding or for book-related projects. But uh, then you can start with, with really a small space. And uh, yeah. uh, first first thing first, you need a table. You When you have, when you have a yeah. table, you can build around it. And uh, uh, then you can uh, work with only one table. It, 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 it may be tough. It may be not, not, the, perf not the perfect setup, but uh, it's already uh, something. And uh, you can you can start from there. and. I, w I would be happier if I would have a little bit more counter space. That's yeah. one thing that I find bad in my design. <clears throat> so I will often use my 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 guillotine, my big uh, board chopper. Yeah. Not only as a storage, but when I need it to work, sometimes in my extra counter space. And that's why that on the top, yeah. I use as well as a place for me to. But I miss here counter, with the counter space. Yeah. Yeah. A workspace, you know. I chose it to work on this kind of, how uh, uh, say, this kind of a uh, material, you know, that you do like for construction. Yeah. Because I am short, so when I have to reach out up there, I need to climb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, I needed something. So that was. But you can start with this small thing, and then you go. Be wise with the use every single centimeter that you have. Yeah. Even I have another another cutter here. This is the book block cutter. Okay. It's manual, but because the other ones are too big, you know. So you can see the so any other complications or if a bigger uh, equipment, I can't have it. Yeah. When when we were planning, uh, uh, I guess we can now return to to the uh, horizontal no, mode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so I guess that's it with uh, with uh, our main part, uh, and uh, yeah, I have some more announcements to make. Uh, so uh, this video uh, appears on YouTube as well as uh, our other videos appear on the YouTube uh, channel uh, along with uh, live streams uh, and uh, some other stuff. So subscribe uh, to iBookBinding on YouTube. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website to get uh, updates about the next videos and to ask questions in time uh, to send uh, questions to our next guests. If you have any, any thoughts on uh, who would be a perfect guest for us for us some of next times uh, you can also write some comments and uh, that's the question I want to address to Eliana as well uh, because I know that you wanted to name some names <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I think that it would be really nice to have uh, if, if like I have a Rita Udina yeah. You know, from yeah. from Spain. Yeah, and it's already uh, confirmed yeah. that she's uh, she was our next guest next week. So yeah, we will we will definitely talk okay. with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that she's she's. I think a few people really gonna like it. You know, to have uh, a chat with uh, with Rita. Uh, yeah, you know, I like her very much. You know, she's fun. She 
tells you a lot of she tells a lot of things from her heart. She loves the profession, and she's a conservator. You yeah. know, she's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, thank you, thank you very much for talking uh, with me today, to me today, and uh, thanks a lot for for your story, for your answers, and for the discussion. Uh, I had a great time. <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> uh once again <laughs> yeah once once again thanks a lot to our community to everyone who watches this video and to everyone who supports cyber on on patreon and uh see you next time see you next time guys okay. bye <laughs> good luck